When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. With Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Shoes and I boarded the plane. Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues in the middle of the pouring rain. Welcome to your Wednesday with Wombat on Trot's Life. Another uh, standard sort of a show. I think I don't think we're going to go out of the realms of what is somewhat normal for what I produce as I do bring a variety of things to the table on a Wednesday. But today I have the three guests. They've all got runners in at Shepparton tonight. Uh, Darren Rowney, someone I don't know a hell of a lot about before I did my preparation for the show, at least anyway. Uh, so we've got Darren on. He's been in the game for some time. He, he's got a few runners tonight. I think three from top of my head here yeah, three of them uh from the top of my head was correct mark lee will join us uh late in the second hour we've had stacy towers on a number of time times of course mark and stacy are in somewhat of a partnership in life and in harness racing and uh spoke to mark last week and asked him about the name of victor the inflictor he was somewhat uh, disappointed. I didn't know who Victor the Inflictor was. It's uh, He's a rugby, an NRL player from Rugby League. And uh, there's a number of horses they're naming after the Sydney Roosters players. So we'll catch up with Mark a bit on his career. And I think he might have a bit of a uh, thing for the Sydney Roosters. Of course, they all came from up that way, both Stacey and Mark. Uh, from Sydney and, of course, well and truly established in Victoria now. And uh, I think it's got a bit of ability, Victor Inflictor. It's it's not going to be hopeless uh, in that race tonight. I don't know if it's got gate speed. And the, my other guest, my main guest, I suppose, the 12 o'clock sort of guest, which has become a bit of a feature chat uh, each week now, is a gentleman by the name of Mick McMahon, a man I have known over the last uh, five or six years. Got to know Mick pretty well i'd say he's a mate of mine that'd be fair to say and uh he's been on a bit of a journey in the sport has he got champion horses maybe not compared to some but uh he's really enjoying what he's doing he's got three horses in tonight dallas nikolai lagom and tino terry maori tino terry is maori for very fast so uh i think it's a fair chance tonight i just over raced a little bit last start goes around favorite I was hoping we might get sort of $253, but they're too smart for that. 
I have done a game plan, which I did uh, this morning at about 8 o'clock. And I couldn't believe some of the value. There was a couple that were massive overs. And that value has gone since. Um, and I'm not going to uh, lay claims to knowing who took that value. But i got a sneaking suspicions that there is a side bottom involved. Uh, yeah, I think he might have had a little nibble on something. And if that's the case, uh, that makes me even more confident that... One horse in particular in the game plan is going to put in a really, really good effort. And uh, it's drawn to do so. It went pretty good last start. I've got three in the plan. Uh, doing things a little bit different in a sense uh, in that game plan. That's normally at 11.30 and that's when it will be again today at 11.30. Uh, Garrick uh, Knight will also join us. We've got three horses uh in uh, Victoria, having their first starts from uh, New Zealand. And it's a bit of a running joke I've got now with a fellow by the name of Glenn Douglas who owns a horse. They brought a horse over from New Zealand uh, who won last night called Golfo Paradiso. When it was having its first race start, Garrick declared it. He said, have your house on it at Bendigo. And Glenn, in his own joking style, was just, uh, you know, having a bit of a laugh with me about how uh, he cost him getting the price and all this stuff, you know. And he was only joking. Glenn, you've got to know, Glenn, he is joking 98% of the time. And the other 2% of the time, I think he's joking as well. Then uh, it went to Mildura. And it was $3.50 or something at Mildura, which was astounding price for the horse. I still don't know how it started those odds. And then it went to Kilmore last night. It was very impressive last night. It's three from three, Golfo Paradiso. And it ha it has a very high level of ability. And I think we could quote, it's a very, very nice horse, which is what Luke Humphreys said as they crossed the line last night. And it's certainly got a bit of a future uh, ahead of it too, Golfo Paradiso. got bigger and better things coming up. And it's the Garrick Knight... Uh, uh, who led us into uh, Golfo Paradiso that first week when I was having its first start. So it's very valuable information. Three in Victoria. It's one at Yarra Valley tomorrow. Uh, Baxter, named after the Victorian town. I don't know that, but let's go with it. Galasius at the Ballarat. And then Saturday night, we've got Pull the Other Leg at Melton. Now, 0499-736-736 for the regulars. If Patrick's listening or Stu... When I cross to Garrick for pull the other leg, when we get to pull the other leg, what, how should I throw to him? Give me some suggestions on how I should throw to him. I was thinking of saying, Garrick, would you believe Melton race nine, number two, I actually named this horse. And Garrick will say, pull the other leg. I'll say, no, no, I actually named it. A bit like the joke I did with Luke Humphreys uh, when I was doing Trot's Vision with him. And uh, the horse's name was not telling. And I went up to Luke and I said, oh, Luke, how do you pronounce this horse? And he said, not telling. I said, no, nah, come on, Luke, tell me, how do you pronounce this horse? And then he laughed and said, you're an idiot, Toby. Which is probably not far from wrong. Let's get our first breakaway as I'm starting to ramble. Uh, let's get our first breakaway. We'll come back the other side. Darren Rowney is queued up to go at a quarter past 11. And it'll be spot on on the other side of this break. 
You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life. And there was a fire starting someone's heart, I think, and I don't know when, but we'll find out shortly. Darren Rowney, mate, uh, firstly, how are you and whereabouts are you today? Uh, I'm going very well, thanks, Toby. Uh, just in Shepparton, mate. Just in Shep, You're down the track? Where do you train them, Matt? Uh, I see you down at Kiowa, so I just assume <coughs> you're at the training track. Yeah, we train out the back. There's about uh, 11 other trainers out there, so, um, you know, we've got the use of the three tracks and the swim dam and uh, the new construction that's going on. So uh, it's all going forward out there. How many boxes have you got there or how are you set up for it? Uh, we've got uh, room for 13. Wow. Um, at the minute we're, we're nearly full, which is a good sign. And um, yeah, we've got ranging from yearlings right through to, you know, uh, racehorses. So uh, we've got a good uh, a bit of a, a good blend coming through that, uh, ones that are racing, ones that are about to trial and runs that are, you know, just about at the start of their preparation. And and one that's uh, probably a bit of a headache, but we'll get to him later, I'd imagine. Now. Uh, more than a headache, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I almost thought we could only do this interview without talking about it because I don't think you're going to add anything to what anyone wouldn't assume. But I want to go back first, mate, right back to 97, 98, when you first started training horses. You've trained 35 yep. winners now. You're just 48 years of age, which by our sport, still relatively young. And, and your first winner was a horse called Sparky Miss. So take us through what got you in uh, training horses. Um, well, I, I probably started when I was about uh, 10. I used to sit on the lap of Johnny McGuinness down at Cranbourne with uh, guys like uh, Jimmy McGuinness and Johnny Collins and those sort of guys. And yeah. um, Dad was right into the horses back then. And uh, that's sort of like where I got my bit of a passion. We used to do trips to Mount Gambia and, and with horses like Drew and Flyer and uh, collegian and those sort of horses and um yeah we moved to uh Merrigan and um what year was that 86 yeah and then um we had a dairy farm so i just helped dad and um it just grew from there and then uh, i started working for different people i went and uh, was stable form for chris lang for about three years and uh oh, yeah. bill morgan and those sort of guys and so i had a, a pretty good grounding but then i went and started to become a cheesemaker and uh, you go off and you have kids and the horses get put on the back burner for a while and then you get back into a full swing. So, Take take us through a bit about Merrigan. You must have got pretty involved in Merrigan. You've coached the reserves there and you've been vice president that I know of at the footy club. So you're obviously well and truly one of the locals now. Uh, yeah, so I, I played in um, three premierships in four years in the thirds and then progressed to the seniors and then uh, I went to the GVL Lemnos back in the day and then I went down and had a crack at the VFA, um, got as far as I could get with my football that way and then I came back home and uh, just tied up with the footy. I coached the thirds again, we won a flag again uh, with my young bloke and then coached the twos, coached the seniors, um, even helped Cass with the netball over there at one one year. So, um, yeah, the footy club was you know part of the community and that's where I grew up and that's where I loved and played cricket there as well. So, um, you know, sport was everything. If you didn't play sport in those small country towns, you were a no one, really. Yeah, sort of, yeah. So who did you play for in the VFA? 
uh, Pran, uh, under Brian Taylor. So I only played one season down there and then went back home. So did he, did he wander around the rooms after the game and interview everybody? Do I, like is that where it all started? <laughs> uh, he was he was really good actually. He was um, a, a brilliant coach, um, really good tactician, and um, you know I, I loved my time down there. But I was a country boy. Yeah. Uh, I was travelling down on the tram on the you know on the train on a Thursday night to train. Yeah. Um, I stay at my grandparents at Dandenong, and then you know you go out and play on a Saturday or a Sunday, uh, and then go home again. So it was a fair burden. And then then I went off to uni, and um, you know I tried to um, I wanted to be a stock and station agent, and then uh, Dad had a stroke, and I went back and ran the farm for a couple of years, and got back into the horses. So. Very good, very good. Yeah, it's interesting, those sort of stories about how people get into it. And you've had some good horses along the way. Probably Sun Samurai might be the best, is he, that you've had through the journey? Or have I missed one that was a bit better somewhere? Um, we had a horse, Sandana, who was a really handy horse, but he just had problems. But uh, Sun Samurai was a ripper. He was, you know, he tried, tried you know, he'd absolutely try his guts out. Um and he'd come off, you know, marks of 40 and things like that. I think he'd run about four or five in about six or seven starts at Cobram there. He was pretty unbeatable at, at Cobram there for a while. So yeah. he was a ripper. And he ended up being, I think, 25th in the rankings for the Interdom. So that was a bit of a feather in his cap. And uh, win at Mildura Cup week. Did you go up for that whole week? No, we only... I, I, I drove up that, that day and uh, he got up by a nostril and then we drove home that night. So that was a... A really good uh, trip up there. He was owned by a bloke, Adam, Adam and Yana Francis, and um, we had a great little affinity there. We become really good friends. We had a, another horse built like a brick and teasing and yeah. uh, old Dan's brother. And um, and from Sun Samurai is how I met my partner, Cass. So um, I suppose without Sonny, I, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in today. So how did that happen? So we had a horse, Sun Samurai, and Cass's mum had a horse called Red Samurai, and um, oh, we just happened to be at the trots and the two samurais crossed paths and we, we started a conversation and, um, and then all of a sudden they had a horse for sale built like a brick that was over in Adelaide and we bought him and, um, Adam was up in Sydney at the time and Cass was in Sydney at the time. She was working for, um, Harness Racing New South Wales and, um, yeah, we just, the conversation blew from there and, and then she would drive down and I'd drive up and, and that's how we got together. Unbelievable. You know, I spent 10 minutes this morning because I assume Sun Samurai might have been related to Red Samurai, right? Because Red Samurai Samurai is the father of Come On Carly, and I'm looking through. That's correct, yep. I'm trying to find this connection between Red Samurai and Sun Samurai, and I just could not find one, and there it is. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a great story, mate. Yeah, and, if you know, um, and then... From Red Samurai, we got come on Carly, so and that's a, another story in itself. Well, well, yeah. Let's let's not compare um, the enigmatic uh, life of common Carly to anything else between you and Kathy, because that could get you in trouble, I reckon. <laughs> well, well, Carl was born um, the day that Kathy's sister passed away, and and that's why he's called Come On Carly. Um, and so um, Alan Burton was nice enough to name him Come On Carly, and then. As a three-year-old, Alan sent him down to us and uh, Cass, her mum and dad, they're in the ownership of him and um, he's born with a big 
you know, white seal in his head, and and that's where they get the come on Carlo from. And he's a he's a beautiful horse, and he? he trots so beautifully when he trots. But uh, just getting him to trot's been some sort of a battle for you. Yeah, he um, early on he used to at Shepparton, he used to dodge in between the light towers down the back straight and things like that. He um, he's got a mind of his own. That's that's definitely. But what we found that we, um, we if you let him do his own thing to a certain certain point um you can get along with him okay and nathan sort of found a bit of a niche with him where nathan can do certain things with him and um let him rip down the back straight and then he he gets a little bit tired that he can come around at that final bend you know uh at high speeds and um that seemed to to work a fair bit for us yeah yeah well he's been a pretty good horse too do you think he could mature and go to another level and get to say a melton metro level Oh, the level he's at now, he could definitely take it to the next level. Um, where he is now compared to where he was 12, 18 months ago is is amazing. So um, I take, it's frustrating because I take him out there and, and he won't go 22 furlongs sort of thing. So um, race days, he's just white line fever. The minute he goes out, he knows it's it's race day. The minute we turn him around, he'll start headbutting me in the, in the stalls and yeah. um, he's just a full-on racehorse. Yeah, which is probably a good thing rather than the other way around. They're pretty frustrating. Oh, look, you'd, you'd rather him be yeah. wanting to run than, than not wanting to run at all. Now, t- take us through, did the fascination with trotters come from Chris Lang, your time at Chris Lang's? Because you seem to have a fair few trotters across the journey. Yeah, at Chris's, but Dad was always, he was mad keen on trotters. We had a horse called Black Hammer who he won as a trotter and a pacer. Um and that was probably, you know, trotters were always in our mind. And then um, when I went to Chris's, it just went to another level that um, if you're patient enough and <clears throat> you you concentrated enough on the horse, you could work out what was wrong with the horse or, you know, what you could do to improve it to, um, to A, to get it to trot and, and B, to get its confidence up to trot at, a, you know, at a quick pace. Now, you've got a couple of others in tomorrow, t- tonight as well. Uh, race one, number six, Waiting No Runs, who since uh, June this year has had the eight starts with a one win and five placings with four seconds. It's really sort of developed in the last couple of months. Yeah, he, he took it a little bit while to come to hand. Um, when we first got him, um, he was up and about and he'd want to rip and tear a little bit and then he just dropped a bit completely and, you know, he have a space of about 100 metres where he dropped three or four lengths and uh, and then he get going again at the end. And so uh, Nathan decided one day at uh, Chuka just to go around and sit in the breeze with him just to see if, because yeah. we tried sitting in and everything like that. And he went around and sat in the breeze and he, and he battled on really well and did a really good job. And then all of a sudden, from then on, the confidence has, has grown and, um, you know, he started to put it all together. Where did the name come from? I know it's pretty common cricket sort of terminology when you're batting. Is there more to it than that? No, we um, we we bought him and he was already named. So uh, we bought him off of Ian and Tanya, and uh, he'd had one or two trials up at Cobram, and um, I just think they'd only gone about two, three, or two, four, and they come home in about fifty-eight or fifty-nine, and he was advertised in the trading ring, so we snapped him up. So he was a bit of a bargain buy at around about two grand. So. And he's the sort of horse that you can train relatively cheaply in a sense that if you're running him mostly at Shepparton, you only got to walk him to the track. And once you get into the rating system with a horse like that, he finds his own level and he should bounce around for a long time. 
Oh, exactly right. Yeah, the unfortunate thing at Chippenham, though, we do have to float them around. Um, oh, yeah, we can't do, walk yeah, them around yeah, anymore, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's not that far. And and you're right, it does save costs. And we probably uh, identified that we were going to target sort of the Dendigo, Echuca, Shep, and, and Kilmore and Cobram sort of thing, and and stick within our region and um, and try and find the right race for the the right horse at the right time. Um, and then you you're more chance of earning and the more chance you're earning, the, the better the form looks and, um, you know, you're um, you're making a bit of a living out of it. Correct. And now, last thing, Bond, race three, number 90. He, he's had a bit of luck getting on the leaders back lately. I don't know if he'll get there from nine. And it looks like a race where Choose Reactor gets to the front and they'll go relatively slow through the middle stages. Is that how you see it? And it'll make it pretty tough for lasting Bond. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think he... If Choose Reactor comes out, there's a few there out wider that can roll up to the breeze and, and maybe get him rolling a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, well, we might end up sitting, you know, 1-1 one, one or, or one out two back. Um, if not, Nathan might pop three fits and, and follow Cash Boost through and hope that they do get rolling and over the 2100. Uh, you always know with him that if he can be held up for one, one crack at him, he, uh, he can sprint pretty hard, so... Very good. All right, Darren, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been uh, great. No to, drama uh, at all. Great to sort of meet you and get to know you a bit better. And uh, best of luck tonight in particular with the Come On Car League. Thanks, Toby. There's Darren Rowney from uh, Kyella. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, doing a pretty good job with the horses. And he's got a bit of a plan about what he's doing. He knows what he's doing as well. Like buying a horse, as he was talking about, waiting no runs. He's got that plan. He's got that idea. This is going to suit us. This is our little bit of a business model he's building there with the 13 horses. So uh, great to get to know him a bit better too and uh, find out a bit more about him, as I have said. Uh, We're just coming up towards the news. We've got the game plan off the back of this and then Garrick Knight. And I will be actually tipping against uh, Darren in a couple of races. Sorry, mate. Uh, game plan off the back of this. Garrick Knight as well. Uh, from 12 o'clock, uh, we meet on this show anyway, my mate Mick McMahon. Mick, me mate, the master trainer and builder. Uh, Mick McMahon and also uh, Mark Lee in the second hour. There's a few M's in there, isn't there? Mick McMahon and Mark Lee. Uh, Mark Lee, of course, not related. I don't think he's related to the Lee family from uh, the Southwest. That, that, well, I'm pretty confident he's not. Uh, yeah, so still a few guests still to come. And, of course, uh, Garrick Knight. And no, nothing in off the text machine yet on how I should throw to Garrick Knight and pull the other leg. Uh, Stu did mention uh, on the private text machine that uh, he's working. Uh, and all I can say to the fact that Stu might be working uh, is pull the other leg, please, stew. The SEN app is now compatible with... You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. It is your Wednesday. Get involved in the conversation. 0499 736 736. Uh, It's game plan time. I'm sort of not happy because for the spreadsheet purposes, 
I should have got a lot more value going into this spreadsheet because when I picked them, they were much bigger odds. But it's been a bit of some shortening. So there's some other confidence around for some of these. We'll kick off in race one, number one, final bow. I still reckon it's final bow. You know, your last bow in a, when you've been doing it for your life. But anyway, it's final bow is what uh, Ross Graham, Lee Graham, uh, tell me it, sh it is. This horse, look, it's, it's, its figure form isn't great, but it two starts back around a pretty good fourth at Bendigo, where it was only beaten six metres, got the line okay there. Last start at Echuca, it drew gate six. Uh, Ross Graham drove it on that occasion, settled three back the fence. It didn't really get a real crack at them. And just, just for interest's sake, Ashford Secret was in that race and ran second and beat it by a couple of metres. Now, Ashford Secret goes around $2 from gate nine. Final Bow's got the pole and it's $13. You go back and watch that race at Echuca. Final Bow has gone almost the same as Ashford Secret. There's very little between them. And one's 13 and one's two and Final Bow's got the much better draw. So we'll have 25 each way on Final Bow. It was 23 and 440 earlier and into 13 and 3. So, and it's a favourite on the tote. So, someone's had a little bet on it on the tote already. So, we'll kick off that in race one. There'll be a bit of a theme here. They're all going to be numbers one. Race three, number one, cash boost. We just spoke to uh, Darren Rowney about the chances of lasting bond. I think Choose Reactor will lead here quite easily. I don't think cash boost will hold it out. And in these races over the middle trip, when there's a short price favourite in front, like a Choose Reactor, I find the tempo will drop. They'll really dash home over the last 800 metres. And when that happens, it becomes pegs, pegs, pegs. So when that happens, I look at the horse that's going to be behind the leader. That's going to be Cash Boost. I don't think it can beat Choose Reactor. But $2.10 the place is very good value because it should be just sitting on Choose Reactor's back. It's only got to follow it all the way. So the smart bet here is just a straight place bet on Cash Boost at $2.10. So I have 75 the place on Cash Boost. And that leaves us with just $75 to spend. And we go to race six. And it's number one again. Fly by Eden. Source has been going really well. It draws the pole. I think Regal Breeze is the lay of the night. It is the absolute late. It's won three in a row, Regal Breeze, but it's led on every occasion. Fly by Eden's got a bit of gate speed. I think it can... Uh, it, the race is on Nathan Jack's racket. I don't need to tell Nathan what to do. But he's either going to lead or sit behind the leader. It's It's been racing really well, and, and it's a Wayne Potter-trained horse in a really astute stable. It's going to go very, very close, Fly by Eden. It was 5.50 this morning. It's in the 4.20 already. Let's just go 75 straight out on Flyby Eden at 4.20. Thanks to Johnny who's been singing away in the background. Let's get to our first break of this half an hour and we'll come back the other side with Garrick Knight. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Horses that race in New Zealand, he knows. When they have their first start in Australia, he knows. What oil the trainers use in their cars, who knows. Night exports at gmail.com, they know. 
Garrick R. Knight on Twitter. You know what I mean. Garrick, how are you? Morning, Chubbs. Yes, no. <laughs> All right, mate. She's pretty average over here in uh, the land of long white cloud, Kiwi land. Uh, our country's getting battered once again. Um, so, yeah, tucked up inside with the blanket, the heater on, and immersing myself in horse videos. Oh, very good, mate. So, uh, I won't comment on that. So let's get straight into it because there's actually six to get through here. So, we've got a bit of work to do. Yarra Valley tomorrow, race two, number seven, Baxter. Now, uh, this is a Brent Lilly trained horse. And for a long time, uh, owners, the Dowlings, Wilkinsons, Letchers, they've fought a lot of horses with Brent Lilly over the time. They're a great bunch of owners. So, they generally oh. seem to find an all right one. Yeah, I think, um, from what I understand, Brent has just bought two horses from Greg and Nina Hope over here in New Zealand, this being one, the other being a mare, pacing mare called Luella. Um, I'm not sure if it was a package deal, but I think it had the same owners pretty much. Um, Yeah, you're right. Uh, Brent and those owners have a good strike rate. Brent obviously being from over here and, and from Canterbury, he has a fairly good understanding of, you know, who to buy off and, you know, what to look for and everything, and that's been proven over many years. Um, this horse, I mean, his probably greatest, I mean, he's won six races. His greatest claim to fame, actually, he's a half-brother to Mon Bay, who yeah. people um, would argue possibly was our most brilliant trotter um, of the last decade or so, just on, on pure speed and ability. Um, and well, Baxter's actually by Muscle Hill, so you'd argue actually even an upgrade on the site, but not quite as good as his half-brother. Um, but look, he, he's just a nice, versatile trotter. I don't think he's going to go to any great heights over there. Like, I don't see him banging out Saturday night uh, free-for-all trots in a row or anything like that. But yep, by yep. the same token, he's got no vices. He's pretty consistent. He's fairly versatile. He, he you know, he'll win, he'll win regularly and and be a good ally for punters. So, um, yep, you, you can always include, include him this week and going forward in confidence. But don't expect him to come out and win by 20 metres or anything under a hog. Yep, yep. Ballarat race three, number three, and something I probably should say more to you for coming on and doing this segment, mate. Gracias. Gracias. Yes, um, interesting try of this. Thought really, really two-year-old by Royal Aspirations, um, who's a son of monarchy, and very, very popular over here. His first couple of crops, tiny, but a lot of runners, a lot of winners, kicking a lot of goals. The, um, the stud master, Fred Fletcher, tells me, this time of year, he'd usually have about half a dozen bookings. Yeah. He's got 50. So this is a sire on the upswing. Um, Gracias. Picked up by Mervyn Meg Butterworth after its first start, which was a really nice second in a two-year-old trot. Second start, really disappointing. Um, just almost couldn't keep up. So I don't know whether it was sick or what. Um, so they bought it before that. It's now over with Snooze Spinocio. Correct. Um it's not physically impressive, this horse, but hey, he's only a baby, so we won't, you know, we'll cut him some slack. But just looks like he's a nice, nippy wee trotter at this stage with good manners. So that's going to put him in good stead. I'll be interested to see how he develops over the next six to 12 months. Generally, they need a run when they're with Chris Sinocio too, mate. So it'd be interesting. Just uh, It's a bit of a sit and watch, if you ask me. When Whenever Chris has got one, he generally looks after him first up in a prep, you know. Yeah, this thing, uh, like all Murray Edmonds trotters, Murray 
uh, obviously the former trainer and owner. And um, for those who aren't aware, Murray unfortunately has had uh, had some poor health um, before him in the last couple of weeks. He's been in hospital. Um, yeah, but Murray Murray's an old school guy, and all this trotter is very well educated. So, and this horse looks to be no different. So, yep, I'd say wait and see this week, uh, based on what you just said to me. Um, let Chris figure him out and get used to him, and um, and no doubt reap the rewards of that in coming months. Right, Penrith Knight. There's an interesting one. Race seven, number six, outside of the front there at Penrith. This is a Mick Boots owned horse. Had one start in New Zealand called Maddie's Tiger, and it's trained by Jason Grimson and driven by Cameron Hart. It's a bit of an all-star connections around this horse, anyway. So you'd expect it to go okay. Well, you just assume it'll win, probably, with that combination alone. Yeah. Um, but look, this horse, I, I watched this one start. Um, I thought it was actually quite good. It, was a, it says fourth, and I was, I was about to say it's probably a bit um, flattering because there's actually only five horses finished the race. But he did find the line really well. He's a little bit green. Um, he came from a trainer, Darren Simpson, who's down in Omaru. Not a heck of a lot of horses down there. Um, they can struggle to get them trials you know, in, in, in company and, and things like that. So often they are a run short and a little bit, uh, you know, green when they go to the races. But I thought he was really good, hit the line, ran through the line well, which showed really good speed. So um, without knowing anything further than that, you know, with with Grimson and Hart combination, um, the speed he's showing, I'm guessing he's going to be a winner and probably won a few in a row. Another Mick Boots one at uh, Wagga on Friday, race five, Ideal Dance, this one trained by Nathan Jack. Yeah, surprising. Supposed to see this one over in Aussie, actually. He's, he raced here in the summer. Same trainer as the one we just talked about, Darren Simpson. Bigger horse. Um, had the big, thick spreaders on. And Darren kept him to the grass all the, all the starts over the summer. Obviously, the grass tracks, they go slower. They're bigger. Um, can sort of mitigate gate issues. So... He did show a bit of gate speed the day he won when he drew one. But again, um, there's a few red flags there for me. And I would just prefer to see him. I know Wagga's a bigger track, as you educated me on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But I just would prefer to see him have a few starts before I put my neck out for him. Uh, Albion Park, Saturday, uh, Friday night, sorry. The last race at 10.13. Uh, it's a discretionary trot. And there's a one for Tim Butt called Cocky Malk, which I think oh. I think I've said that right. It's an interesting horse. It's 34 starts, six wins, five placings. It's won the 60,000. So it's obviously goes okay, but its form, its figure form looks terrible. Yes. Funny you said that about the pronunciation. He was being called Cocky Malk over here. I watched the a trial on Tuesday, Tuesday or last week or somewhere. I've seen a trial somewhere. Hmm. I mean, last week. I'm pretty sure from memory, the, the commentator, I'm not sure if it was Barsby or someone else, was actually calling him a slightly different variant of that first word. But um, anyway, I'll leave that up to whoever the caller is. Um, I'll be Chris, I suppose, this week uh, to figure out. Look, yeah, he's a really nice trotter. Um, you're right, the, the, the figure form doesn't look great, but the best version of him um, was a competitive mid-grade trotter at Addington on a Friday night, which is generally, well, you know, similar to Baxter, Probably just a touch more upside than Baxter, um, you know, and he sometimes is an up, you know, up against some hard fields. So, just trained off a little bit, and you know, his, his racing performances this year have been as good. Uh, but his trial win last week was really nice 
Tim, obviously, we don't need to remind anyone how good he can be with a yeah, totter. Yeah. Take a moment, Lowell Creek, uh, et cetera, Vulcan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I expect he'll be winning, and probably looking at the field he's in and the rating he's got, he'll be winning a few in a row fairly quickly. Now, Melton, mate, race nine, number two. I actually um, know uh, a bit about this horse. I actually named this horse. You named it, did you? Hmm. What's your connection with Mike Berger over here? He just rang me and asked me for a name, and, and I, I gave him this name, mate. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't be due to your uh, penchant for um, making jokes constantly, would it? <laughs> you spoke, the answer, you were supposed um, to just Pull the say, other leg, I assume you're talking about. Yeah, yeah look, um, I am pulling the other I, leg too, mate. You have pulling out of yeah. Um, you have having a laugh. Um, I note there's been no ownership change here. Um, mm. I, so I'm guessing the owners have sent, it, sent him over. Wouldn't surprise me. I know, look, early on, this horse was kicking a lot of goals. Mike was getting a lot of interest in him to buy him. And the standard answer to everyone was, nah, he won't pass a vet. He's got, he had a bad wind problem as a young horse. He had an operation, blah, blah, blah. Um, so maybe that's why... He hasn't been sold. They've opted to send him over. Um, Mike's a great trainer. Um, he sent a few over on their mark to Australia in the last couple of years um, that have gone on and done a really, really good job. Names escaped me, um, but rest assured, they, they did, did do a really good job. This horse hasn't been going as good as he can. He's just been stuck in the handicaps at Cambridge every second week um, and just there or thereabouts. But the best, if Andy and Kate can get the best version of this horse going... He's a serious horse, so I'll be watching with interest to see if they can get him to blossom again. Um, he's only had 40 starts. He's only six, so I still think there's plenty of racing ahead of him. Um, yeah, I just want I'll be curious to see. Getting back to the mobiles, hopefully, um, might help him, give him a bit of confidence, go forward, dominate a few fields, and he might be away laughing. Can he, is it, so do you think he leads? Is he a sort of horse with gate speed, or do we just assume Andy seems to give well, him Well, it's been that long. Oh, you go through, look at his racing. Yeah. As, you know, 20 of his last 25 starts have been standing starts off handicaps, so he's probably forgotten how to run the gate, to be honest. Um, but, look, I don't know the horse inside him, Kivik. I couldn't tell you one thing about it. I don't know if he's got gate speed or not, but really he only has to get across the one horse to find the markers. And you would think Kate will be handlebars down trying to hold the top. Um, I know the Rock and Roll King's got some speed outside him, so that may be a threat early as well. But, yeah, pull the other leg. Um, yeah, hey, look, we'll, let's just, the party line is, um, let's just give him a start or two to find his feet. But, you know, long term, I think he's going to be a horse to follow. Yeah, very good. I think... For whatever reason, I have faith in Andy <laughs> that this horse will have gate speed on Saturday night. For whatever reason, we've seen it with a number of horses. They come over and, and you've said to us, oh, I didn't have much gate speed here. And then Andy gets them, they just they just fly off the gate. So on that assumption alone, oh. it's it, uh, the one horse does have gate speed. It's from Tasmania. But I think Jack Law is smart enough to hand up and know what he's doing there and sit behind and pull the other leg. And I don't know. My gut feeling would be that that also go very, very close in that last race on on Saturday night at Melton. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, that might be the one for the week. Then I guess Maddie's Tiger into Paul Davalek. That might be the the Valvoline Man's uh, special multi for the week. That's the good oil. 
That good oil from Garrick. Yeah, the good oil. Yeah. <laughs> We've, uh, Valvoline do sponsor SEN. Uh, they don't sponsor this show at all, but uh, they are certainly getting some extra mentions, which we might have to sort something out for you and I. You know? uh, look, I rack, I rack up a fair few miles in my car, like most racing <laughs> participants. Um, maybe Valvoline wished to send me a gift basket of oil given a huge number of uh, upswing and um, and listeners about this time every week. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I do a few miles as well, mate. I've, uh, I've had uh, judging two nights this week already, and uh, off to Mildura on Friday, which is a fair trip. So uh, I know all about the miles. Thank you very much for coming on, Garrick, mate. We'll do it all again this time next week. Beautiful. Speak to you then. See you, mate. There's Garrick R. Knight, and you can get in touch with uh, Garrick uh, on Twitter is probably uh, how a lot of people get hold of him or uh, it is via his uh, Gmail account if you want. That is nightexports at gmail.com uh, or just get in contact with me if you really want to get hold of him. I can put you in touch, which I have done so before. Now, uh, let's get our last break for the half an hour over and uh, I've got a big second hour still to come, so we'll preview that on the other side. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. text machine there's a couple of texts come in big fella have a great day toby and jd all the best saints a bit stiff on the weekend jd kick straight you win shows we are nowhere near top teams cheers big fella funny thing the final series big fella look at the bulldogs a few years ago 2016 came from sixth and won it look at us last year we finished fifth the bulldogs made the grand final you just, you just got to. This, it's an ob, this is a very obvious thing to say. The best side over the next six weeks wins, and sides go on runs. Collingwood won eleven in a row. A side like the Bulldogs could win six in a row. A side like Brisbane could win four or five in a row, and all of a sudden you've won the flag. Brisbane were the masters of it. Big second hour still to come. We've got Mick McMahon hopefully off the back of the break. Mark Lee as well. Andy Gath texted me and said the horse has changed ownership. Love the fact that Andy Gath is listening in to Garrick Knight. I sort of knew he would be. So uh, horse has changed ownership. It's not raced in the New Zealand connections. Here's the news. Welcome to Wednesdays with Wombat with your host, Toby McKinnon. Working hard to make a living our 
Welcome back to Trot's Life. I better say what you're listening to on SEN Track. Get involved here, 0499 736 736. If you've got any um, any uh, dirt on Mick McMahon, send it my way because I reckon it'd be a fair effort to uncover some. Mick, mate, uh, how are you today and whereabouts are you? Yeah, well, thanks, Tom. I'm just at home getting organised to go to the Trot's tonight. Now, uh, where's home? Uh, for those that don't know, I know it pretty well. I think it's just there on the left, isn't it, as you drive into Echuca? Yes, just as you come into Echuca on the left-hand side, little trotting track in the corner there. Most of you would have gone past it if you come to Echuca Trots. Yeah, everyone would have, yeah. yeah, basically, and would have looked and thought, geez, I wonder who trains there. <laughs> well, now they know. <laughs> now they know. Well, those listening anyway, those three people listening will know, mate. Anyway, that's good. Now... Takes, there's there's a way that a lot, a lot of people get involved in harness racing, and that's through a family interest. Uh, I'm not sure how you got involved. What got you involved in harness racing, mate? Uh, a mate of mine had some calves, of all things, at a bloke's place who was a local trainer at the other side of town. Yeah. And we were up there one day, we noticed a heap of sulkies out there and worked out pretty quick that he had a few trotters or yeah. paces at the time and... Uh, yeah, he sort of got us involved with one, um, a yearling it was at the time. Yeah. And funnily enough, we had a horse that was called Family Interest, and we ended up getting him and giving him to that trainer. But, yeah, things didn't work out there, and and uh, I soon worked out that it's probably, if you're going to do it, you might have to do it yourself. So I had a bit of a crack myself, and, um, yeah, we ended up buying a, a horse out of the meat sales at Echuca for not very much money, and... He finished up being my first winner, and he ended up winning three. Yeah, so once that happened, I was pretty well hooked on the game. Yeah, look, there, there was no coincidence with that family interest reference. Don't you worry about that. And so you you knew how much about the sport did you really genuinely know when you took over the training of uh, family? Uh, no, you didn't train family interest. Oh, you did. It did have two starts for your family interest. Yeah, so a couple of starts. You, yeah. you knew basically, what, almost nothing and just thought, no, I'm just going to have a crack. Next to nothing, as uh, kids, like I'm talking, we were six. Dad, Dad had uh, paces back then. Um, obviously, you don't learn much when you're six about them. Uh, then when we got to sort of late teenage, we got involved with the galloping game. Dad had three or four gallopers. Yeah. All things we had a grand as well. So actually yeah. on the wall here, there's three, all three codes hanging up on the wall here. Um, and then we've gone full circle. So I've joined back into the harness game and, yeah, we've had a pretty, bit of success there, which is good. So, uh yeah, but getting back to it, I knew really next to nothing about the game. Just pick things up as I've gone along. Always uh, happy to ask somebody their opinion or of what I need to do or how yeah. I can fix this problem and whatnot. And impressed with the people in the game. They just, just offer you information all the time. It's it's just incredible the, yeah. the knowledge you're willing to part with. Yeah, yeah. So when you kicked off, did you build that little track at home straight away or were you training them out of the Echuca training track where there's a few stables and stuff or did you have them out at Greg Alberts or what, what got no, you, where had, were they first? No, I had another place further down the road which just had a just a, a track around a paddock. It was no sand. It was, it was a sandy paddock actually, but there was just yeah. just a 400-metre track. I used to jog them and take them into actually probably a little bit naughty. I didn't have a licence. I used to take him out to Pete Lindbergh. He asked to go out there and work out there with him. And, and Steve and Pete, yeah, they were they were great. They sort of, yeah, always give you a bit of information and what to do next and all that. And then, uh, yeah, Greg was doing a bit of race driving for me. Uh, he was working for me at the time too. Um, and, yeah, things sort of changed. Uh, the horse wasn't going as good as what he was working, so I had to change a few things and, 
Yeah, Steve Jane up jumped on him at um Cobham the day Michelle Payne won the, the uh, infamous Melbourne Cup and yeah, yeah. from that day on things just sort of improved out of out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So that horse you're talking about is current assessment? Yes, current assessment. Yeah, he was the one I got from the yeah, the meat sales of yeah. the yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And first start beats a David Aiken horse. So he's a bloke that knows what, 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 what very little about harness racing. David Aiken runs second, who pretty much what he doesn't know is not worth knowing. And you've beaten him home at, at its first start, out, bought out of the Echuca sales. That's pretty amazing when you think about it, look back at it now. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. I like to push myself that night. It was... Um, I think I've raced against David quite often and I've never beaten him since. So, <laughs> yeah, when I'm on the man, the next 45 have been David. So, yeah, yeah, no, uh, it was a pretty, pretty special actually because um, I put my family, uh, some of my family members in that horse and they got a real buzz out of it. Yeah, a real buzz there. Yeah. He was just a, almost human, that horse. He could talk to you. Yeah, yeah, mm. great. Now, then Christian Torado came to you and he had an eclectic background when he got to you, but we don't need to go into that. and... He was a pretty good horse to you, really, wasn't he? He raced 36-odd times for you for a couple of wins. He did. He did. Uh, uncle, my uncle uh, claimed him at Mirraborough one day. It was funny because it was his ninth start. He was going to drop back a class. Oh. And Jody got the chocolates that day, so he went up a class. So he ended up being a, sitting up back to right. a C3. He was a C5. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, we all know how sort of competitive that level is. Um, but learned stacks from that little fella. He, uh, yeah, just... Just that level of horse, the speed he had, and the way to work him—he was just, yeah. And Jody, Jody herself, like she was incredible. What she'd sort of tell you about him and what to do with him. Um, once again, one of the top drivers around, and they just offer you information all the time. Yeah, it just yeah. like someone like her is almost a legend of the sport, really. One at Miracle Mile and stuff. You just don't get that sense about those people, do you? She just will tell you anything like you're you're the equal of them. But, and it's not that you're not the equal of them, but you know what I mean. Like, she's a legend of the sport, and she, they just treat everyone just treats you just like you're the next person, don't they? It's amazing, really. Well, I had a trouble with uh, a blood test of one, and, and apparently Jody was a lady to talk to, and I did ring her about it, and it was a Thursday night, and I didn't realise that she was off to... An angle on the Saturday night, and one of group one up there. Yeah. And I'm, I said to Cal, I said, "How's this? You're talking to Jody, yeah. and she gives you everything about the horse, and then she's in the group one. Like, you know, obviously would have been probably doing the form and whatnot of the races up there, and yeah, just cannot believe the believe what what yeah people you know say and do for you, and yeah, it's incredible, incredible. Then you get another horse off Brent Lunghausen. Dallas Nikolai hadn't won at the time, mate. And I'll take you through uh, the early part of his career with you. He had four starts till he won, seven starts till his next win, then 12, then 18, then 15, then five, then four, then nine. He went back to back at that point, then 12 starts and then four starts. And then there's a, then things changed for him. But he was just that sort of horse, those first, what, what did I add up there? First 10 wins all sort of came... 10 or 11 starts apart. He just seemed to find his grade and he'd bob up and down in that one grade. And they're such good horses to a person like you, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They're just what you get out of bed for. They just keep keep performing. Um, the time where he sort of went off a bit, he, the poor little fella nearly died. He got crook in the paddock and um, had enteritis, which is not good for a horse. It was sort of something similar to colic. Yep. And the conversation I had with the vet, it was, uh, it was a Saturday night and I said, 
you just got to keep him alive for me. He's just too good to just let go, sort of thing. Yeah. And anyway, they kept him alive. It cost a few dollars to keep him alive, but um, yeah, no, he's just you just same thing. Um, yeah, people just they want to drive him. Um, he seems to go better for the girls. Alan Tormley was incredible the way she got him to to win. She won about four or five on him pretty in pretty quick succession. Yep. Um, yeah, just. Just uh, seems to go well for girls. I said to Greg Sugar's one night, because he, uh, he ran last time, but the truth one night, I said, Greg, you're going to have to get yourself a blonde wig, mate, if you're going to keep driving this. <laughs> yeah. But it, just, for some reason, he just likes girls. He's um, He can be a bit savage in the yard at home. and Yeah, but uh, bikes come out, I just say, keep away from him. Pat the next one, but don't keep, don't, uh, keep your distance from him, because he can be a bit uh, a bit nippy and a bit savage on you. So, uh, yeah, you know, he's uh, he's been a good little spinner for me. Keeps you really in the game. Anyone can drive him. Like, uh, yeah, had a few young people sort of. Yeah. Um, uh, Katie, Johnny McDermott, some um, girl that's sort of just going for a license. I say, come up to, to a Duke of Trials and he'll be a good trial driver for you because he doesn't do much wrong. And I think she ran second on him that day. And yep. Yeah. She got off and sort of, yeah, was in love with him, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg didn't follow you up on that. He hasn't put a blonde wig in his bag and shown you that no, he's prepared to do anything for the drive. Well, he's, he's don't worry. He's one of you on him. Don't worry. He's, uh, <laughs> we all know Greg how, how good he can get at home. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that enteritis was, I think, January 2020, was 35 starts later to Cobram on the 12th of May 2022. It's a big gap between wins. But how special Matthew. was how special was that win to getting back to win another race? Oh, it was incredible. I said to Cal only the week before, I said, I'm just about over this fella at the minute. I think we need to uh, rehome him into a different different sport, maybe put a saddle on him. Hmm. And I said, I'll give him a couple more. Uh, and, yeah, he certainly got the chocolates that day. Um, even Alan said, I think we took him to Charlton a start or two before, and she said he's nearly back in that sort of easier grade, that 47 grade. Hmm. Um and he, he, he won that day. So that was extra special, yeah. Extra special after all, all what he's been through. The day I seen him when he left the vets, he was like a skeleton with a with a blanket put over him. There was not one ounce of muscle on him. Yeah. It was a pretty good job even to get him to come back to the races even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was probably had a eight or ten month way off the races there. But um, his last few runs actually been pretty good without a lot of luck, sort of. Yeah, he's not, not that far away again. He's not. Now... Did he hear you when you threatened to get rid of him? Was he within earshot, the horse? Well, I reckon all these understand English. All these horses here, they <laughs> yeah. know what you... <laughs> they know as soon as you say something, they know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, maybe... My partner, my partner, Kelly, just spoils them. Like, she's over there with carrots most nights, and, yeah, they just... Yeah, she talks to them. Yeah, she... They know what's going on. Yeah, 100% they do. So, tonight, uh, we've just been talking about him. Dallas Nikolai, he's drawn... The second row, mate, uh, what are your hopes? Or I know you, you'll just be going there and he'll go around and what will be will be, no doubt. But uh, and, and as far as plans and driving instructions, I've got a funny feeling you don't give out too much uh, in the in the way of driving instructions to these drivers either. Well, well, the drivers you put on, you don't. if I need to tell them how to drive, yeah. I'll probably give the game away. They've been around that many times. Um, yeah. I don't think I've been in 400 races yet where... Some of these drivers have won 400 races, so yeah. I don't need to sort of guide them on what to do when they get out there. Yeah. Now, Wagom, another horse that's not too different to a Dallas Nikolai, really. It's had 105 starts for you for the seven wins, and 
this handicapping system is just made for horses like you and for uh, like Legom and, and for trainers like you, and you can just keep sending it around and, and ever so often just bobs up and wins a race and it's got the two wins in the last five, mate. So it gets a bit trickier again, but uh, you go around and you might drop a point or you might win a race or you might run second or you might run last. What a, you know, yeah. what's a, it's just a beautiful system, really. Well, it is. It is for her. It suits her down the ground. Um, yeah. Yeah, we raced with a troop a while ago, and, and, and Greg actually drove it. He said she didn't feel any good tonight, Mick. I think she had about 100 and something starts for me then. Um, hung on every corner. Just really didn't want to be there. And I said to Greg, what do you think? He goes, oh, it might be time to maybe think about retirement. And spoke to the owner, and, and he was sort of said, oh, look, before we do, she's up and about. Why don't we just change what we're doing a bit? Did less with her. Um sort of don't fast work in between runs anymore, just sort of try and keep her runs, you know, eight or ten days apart. Yep. And, yeah, as you say, she's won two of the last five, and and funnily enough, Greg was the first one to, to text me, well done, mate, after after she got up there, after he sort of thought she was towards the end of her career, but she just keeps fighting on. But that system, you're right about that system. She just sort of, yeah, has a couple of unplaced runs and drops in a couple of points, and then, yeah, she's lucky enough to to get in front and at the main end of the race and, and uh, yeah, game them a couple of points and keep you interested in the game for a bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love having people like yourself on, you know, the, the, the smaller names in the sport that people don't know. And here's Jody Quinlan's giving you advice a couple of nights before going to Sydney for a group one. Greg Sugars is the first person to text you after you win a race and he wasn't even driving the horse. At, uh, and, yeah, no wonder you, you love the sport. Race nine, mate. Tino Terry yeah. Mowry. Now, firstly, was this horse named when you got it? Or I, I just assume it was because it means very fast Mowry. But on behalf of all the race calls in Australia, if you name this, they're not happy, I don't reckon. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll leave that one alone then, Toby. Yeah, no, we did name it. Yeah, oh, absolute dear. speed it was supposed to mean. Absolute speed in the uh, native Mowry tongue being an Auckland reactor. Yeah, yeah. Um, got ability, but he just, yeah, he just seems to... Uh, yeah, he just sort of pulls to a bit too hard, and at home he's, you know, he's got him to the point where he's pretty good at home, but he just gets a bit excited on race day, which has sort of let him down. It's been his undoing. His last start though was brilliant. Um, yeah, he sort of gives you a bit of an impression he might be back to where he needs to be. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, even Lee got off him last night, Lee Sutton, and he said you might as well just hook him right up or post me. <laughs> he just. Uh, yeah, but I've sort of yeah changed a few things with him, and um, it's even like some of these uh, things on Facebook. David Miles on there about uh, headgear on horses and how to get them settled, and yeah. I watched that a couple of times and tried a few of the things that David sort of suggest, you know, suggested to the you know, general public, and it's sort of starting to work with him. He's he seemed to be a little bit kinder at home, and let's just hope he can take it into the race tonight because uh, he should be sort of thereabouts if he can, um, yeah, sort of be on his best behaviour. What? <laughs> What did Lee mean by put a bridle on a post? As in, he's just oh, not that bright. He just got no, just got no mouth. He just, he just wants to go, and you just sit there and hang on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That was my advice for, That was my advice to Lee the other day. I said, uh, he said, what do you want to do? I said, just hang on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hang on. He's just, he's just not that. He's getting better. He's getting better, and he hasn't had that many starts. I think he's only had about twenty odd starts. Um, twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, he's um he won, I think he won his eighth start. He won a couple of seconds. Greg drove him at uh, Merry Bar, I think. 
early on in his career anyway. And the first thing Greg got, said when he got back, he said, oh, no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, no, no brakes on this fella. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, he's, uh, he is getting better. And I just hope that he can sort of take that harmless to the races tonight. He shouldn't, shouldn't be too far away. So I'll probably need to ring you tomorrow to find out what he'll do tonight. But you just, you, I think everyone assumes he'll go to the front. And if he if he runs like he did last week, he's definitely the one to beat. He's a dollar eighty five favourite, which I don't think you would have too many horses go around a dollar eighty five, would you? No, no, not many, not many. They uh, probably see the name beside the trainer and think they could. There's better around than what I've got, but um, they've had a couple of big wins. Uh, that was one at forty. Forty-eight dollars once. Yeah, yeah. I'd actually like him that day. I don't. I don't bet at all. So that side of it doesn't doesn't bother me. I'm just happy to see someone make something out of him if they can. Um, he won about thirty bucks too the day he won at Gunbear before he got Crook. Yeah, I was in the stewards room after that because they thought there was something going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but rest assured, it wasn't my money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Mick. I better let you go. We've taken up a bit of your time, and you've got a busy night and. Uh, mate, we're great to get you on and have a good chat. And uh, many of our listeners wouldn't wouldn't know; they just see the name. But uh, and an interesting story how you just got into it, and and you're just getting bits and pieces from all these different people along the way to help you. And uh, it's a great it's a great advertisement for what harness racing is, if you ask me. Oh, it is. It is, Toby. As I said, you just take your hat off to all these guys. There, you know, they've got bigger fish to fry to worry about what I'm up to. And yeah, they're only two two uh, forthcoming and. You know, giving their, their opinions and advice along the way, and yeah, you sort of try some, some work, some don't. They're all they're not robots. These things you got to sort of work out what's best for each one, and yeah, so far so good. We'll hopefully uh, you haven't mugged me for tonight, and we we have a good night over there. I haven't mugged you. I've had plenty of listeners win when they've come on the show, and plenty lose as well. So <laughs> hopefully you're the former, mate. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully, Toby. Very good, Mick. I'll let you be, mate. Thanks for coming on and uh, have a great night tonight. Thanks for the chat, Toby. We'll talk to you later. No worries, mate. There's Mick McMahon, me mate, the master trainer, and what a great story. You can get a real sense of uh, the calmness of the bloke as well, can't you, and how calm he is with these horses, etc. And I tell you, when you go through his the horses he's had through his career, uh, Nearly all of them have won races. He's improved them all or got wins out of all of them, which is some sort of a thing. We've got our break for the half an hour here, and we'll come back the other side. We'll wind this up. We've got Mark Lee still to come in the next 40 minutes. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Back to SEN Track. The Wombat Toby McKinnon is your host today in your Wednesday edition. 
Get involved, 0499 736 736 on the text machine. Have heard from Big Fella. I think Big Fella must have got the game plan. He would have asked for it if he hadn't of. Uh, interesting, just to double-check these prices. Final bows come in a little bit more again. It's now into $12. Open today at that $26 mark and has come into $12 already. So there's some considerable support for uh, the one horse in race one uh, final bow or bow. I would rather bow, but I can't get that over the line with connections. Victor the Inflict is an interesting horse. It's 752.20. We'll hear from Mark Lee shortly. So his thoughts on Victor and the Inflictor and its gate speed will be of considerable interest. The other one that's really shortened today that was in the game plan was Fly by Eden. Uh, it opened 550 and it's in the $4 already. So there's been a little bit of money around for uh, Fly by Eden. I looked at that race, you know, and I thought, Regal Breeze, I just don't. I think it's well unders. In my opinion, it's well unders. I know it's won its last three. It's been somewhat impressive, but it has led on all three occasions. Uh, oh, big fella says, no, I haven't, Toby. So if you don't mind repeating. Okay, all right. So I better I better run through this uh, quickly. Race one, number one, final bow, $25 each way. Uh, it was a big fella, $24 at the start of the day. It's in a $12 and two forty, would you believe? It was 24 and four forty. Uh, so 25 each way on final bow. Race three, number one, cash boost, $75 the place, big fella. At $2.20, I think the two choose reactor just leads. I think they'll go slow, mid-tempo, and really dash home. And it could become a real pegs, pegs, pegs dominated race. Those are looking to play exotic sort of bets. You could have choose reactor to beat one and eight to beat one and eight. And I know uh, it's a very skinny trifecta, but I think there's a strong chance it could come in uh, with a pegs, pegs, pegs domination there in race three. So 220 the place cash boost. Just got to follow choose reactor. I think it can run a place. And in race six, number one, fly by Eden, $75 the win, was five fifty. It's in the $4 now. And, uh, oh, yeah, as I was just saying moments ago, I think Regal Breeze, the favourite, is unders. I think fly, fly by Eden's form's been really consistent. Nathan Jack driving, Wayne Potter trainer, so really uh, good names there around that horse. It's got a little bit of gate speed. Nathan will lead, I reckon, if he wants to. Uh, and he may he may hand up to the right horse as well, and if that happens, he sits uh, he sits in the drop right behind it, and uh, he controls that race almost in the first three or four hundred meters to suit him. Let's get to some news and a break, and Mark Lee will be up on the other side. The SEN app is now compatible with Apple CarPlay. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Thank you, Sam, for the news. Let's get an early breakaway this half an hour and then we can have a good long chat with Mark Lee. Talk about this horse, Victor the Inflictor, his fascination with the Sydney Roosters. And how he deals with Stacey Towers. I'm not sure. No, I'm only joking, people. Stacey's a great woman of the sport. Let's get this break. Come back with Mark Lee. 
You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Welcome back to Trot's Life on SEN Track. And this is not a rugby league show, but I just had to play this little bit of an intro for Mark Lee. Hetherington smashed by the Roosters defence. Look who's there. Welcome back, Victor the Inflictor. Now, just have a look at how these last two steps into the tackle from Victor Radley. Bang. Just lifts it. Great technique up under the ball. The set. Mark Lee. I assume you can hear that down the line, mate, (laughs) and you chuckled away there. Uh, Victor the Inflictor. I'm not a rugby league person, mate, so... Uh, I had to Google it and find it and everything. Tell us a bit about yep. uh, Victor the Inflictor to start off with. And oh, you better say how you are and, and, and uh, whereabouts you are and everything as well. Oh, uh, no, I'm fine. Um, we're just down the stables now. Um, we're just trying to stay away from Stacey a bit, though. She's got COVID, so. Has she? Oh, that's a bugger. Yeah. That's why uh, we're, not going to the ra- we're not going to the races tonight anyway. We're getting someone to come pick them up for us. Yep. And then, yeah, Doc's going to drive. Doc Wilson's going to drive two, and Abby Turnbull's driving the other one. So. Yeah, I, su- I suppose yeah. when someone's got COVID, you got to go to the doc, don't you? Yeah, that's it. That's it. You're straight to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> now, hopefully, you can do a favour. Yeah, it's a it's a good segue, mate, because uh, you are a former Sydney sider. We're going to claim you from now on. Uh, and Doc was from up there and Stacey was from up there. So take us back to uh, what got you into harness racing in those early years in, in Sydney. Oh, uh, both my parents always had horses as well. And their parents are my grandparents and great grandparents as well. So been in it sort of forever. But uh, yeah, once, one more, once more kids, we sort of didn't have much to do with them. Yeah. We um, pretty much going through school and that played played sport and everything like that and then uh, my mum ended up buying back into a couple of horses here and there so I started playing around with them as well and then um, I went and worked for Doc when I was about I think I was 16 or so Yeah. and then I was with Doc for yeah, a long time and then he moved down here so I came down here with him Yep. and um, yeah just been here ever since pretty much and there we've Branched out on our own and got our own property out here at Tallygarootma. And, yeah, do our own thing now. You, you said something about, you know, playing around with them when they were, you know, when you're a young bloke. Is, is there something to do do with that? You know, you focus a lot on breaking horses in and educating them. Is Do you get a real kick out of that side of it, do you? Yeah, I like doing that. We do, yeah, we do a few uh, every year. We, I don't know, we probably do 15 to 20 or so a year, but... Yeah, yeah. Doc, Doc always done that in Sydney, so that's where I learned everything from off him. Yep. And um, yeah, I, I do. I do like doing that, getting them up and going. And now we breed a few of our own. It's it's good to get those up and going as well. Getting those to the races. There's there's still a fair thrill in it, just following those horses throughout their career. Like no one sort of ever yep. remembers the person that broke them in. In a sense, it's not in the race book or anything, is it? But you must yeah, be, you nah, must nah. you must feel connected to that horse and follow their careers, you know, uh, along the journey. Yeah, yeah, you know you do. We always try to follow them up. I, Stacey's onto it 
a bit more than me. She always says this horse won or that one won, and yeah, yeah. she has to remind me which one was which. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, she she follows them along, and yeah, it is. It's good to see. A couple of them have gone through and won a couple of big races that we've done. So yeah, we're yeah pretty happy with that. Take us through some of your horses you've had, mate. Start off with uh, Louisville Raider, your your first winner as a trainer in your right way back in '03. Yes, yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, my mum claimed him. He was a, just an older horse. She claimed him out of a race. I think it was he was about two thousand dollars. I think. Yeah. But then I was working him out of docks, and there he he got a, got going all right and we won a couple of races with, with him he, he done a pretty good job till he broke he, we actually brought him down here yeah and he he went good down here he won a, a cup little cup race in albury and then he ended up breaking down eventually but now he was he was fun to poke around with for, for me first winner as a trainer has been a lot of good horses along the way as well that have made you know vic bread's breeders crown breed for speed sort of finals without Ever really threatening to win one as such, you know the Nicka McDonalds, Colder Galibier, yep. Rebel and Ruby, Miss Tipsy, sort of horses yep. uh, bring the action. Another one, you just never had yep. that real star yet, though, have you? No, no, no. We've, yeah, we've made plenty of finals, but yeah, we, we've had just those sort of horses, I suppose, just not quite good enough. But yeah, we're we're just happy to make those sort of races turn up in them. Is there something about trotters? There's a bit of a trotting flavour there. Ah, uh, yeah, that's Stacey. That's <laughs> not me. Oh, when I when I never never liked trotters at all, actually. And then once there, Stacey, she loved trotters. So then we'd get a few, and we end up getting more and more. And in the end, I just had to put up with it. But now, yeah, I actually like like the trotters probably a bit better than the paces now. Okay, so you finally come around because you wouldn't have much to do. Yeah. With, you wouldn't have much to do with them in Sydney. I wouldn't have thought back in the nineties. No, 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 no. We didn't. No, we didn't. They were. They'd only have sort of one race meeting every now and then. That, yeah. On, on a program up there. Yeah. So. But um, well, uh, on my dad's side, he's um, my great grandfather was Snowy Finn. He won a Trotters Inner Dominion in nineteen. 76 or so but that's what I said I couldn't come from me because I uh, yeah I didn't have anything to do with trotters <laughs> who was that horse mate uh Bay Johnny oh yeah Bay Johnny yeah very good times bit before our time though but that's all right it's a lot, yeah yeah a bit before <laughs> exactly. now, now Victor the Inflictor you you grew up did you as a Sydney's Roosters fan is that I'm just assuming yep yeah, I've always yeah, always go go for the roosters, but um yeah, he's he's only come on the scene the last couple of years and he's yeah, he's probably my favourite player. He just goes flat out the whole game for the size of him as well. He does a fair bit of damage to, to some other players. He pulls some big hits off, so well, I just like what he does. When I was looking for those clips I found one where he just says, Yeah, I just love hitting blokes, he goes. Yeah, yeah he does. That's what he says. He just loves the contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So That's good. So you've named a few horses, have you, after gets uh, after Sydney Roosters players? Um Yeah, we've got two actual race names. Now him and um we have another one, a trotter. Yeah. But uh yeah, there's about another five or so. We had about five yearlings born 
the year the Roosters won the comp in, I think it was 18 or 19. Yep, yep. Both yep, years yep. they won. But yeah, we had about five foals born that year, and we all named them after Roosters players. So, so, he, 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 oh. so his stable name is Victor, is it? Victor, yep, just Victor. Just Victor. At least you can remember him. Like, if their stable name's yeah. got their race name, it might make it a bit easier for you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, Kez, he got gate speed. That, that's probably the key he, question for tonight. Nah, nah, not yet. No, he doesn't yet. He's just, just real green still. Yeah. He's, um, he's, yeah. I don't think he'll, one's not a good gate for him anyway. He's better off probably trying to follow through, but he's got to learn to sort of do it soon. Yeah, 100%. He's going to end up too far back all the time, but no, he does. He has, he's got a lot of speed, as you would have seen. And I, I think eventually he will. He will have gate speed, but we're just happy to poke him around and get him learning what he can do first. 100%. President's last lady's in tonight, race four, number four as well. Uh, one, yeah. one from the Towers clan up in New South Wales. Uh, horse that we've seen yeah. a few times, though. Yes, yes, she was going real good. Then she went home and she, I think she had a bit of a break and then she was racing up there. And then um, she ran a few places up there, here and there, and then we've got her back here. So she's not going quite as good as what she was going uh, when we had her last time, but um, I think she is getting better. She, you know, she worked pretty good this week, so she shouldn't be far off in the race, I don't think. Race. Eight, number three, Fire and Grace. Uh, very consistent little uh, mare so far, mate. Yeah, yeah. She's she's another one that's um, still sort of learning to race, but she seems to have a bit of ability. But she is, she is every time she goes around, she just is getting better and better and uh, more consistent too. Like uh, she used to get a bit rough here and there, and she's she's been pretty good now. It doesn't look like uh, galloping at, at all. Hmm. So yeah, hopefully she can get around tonight as well. They only went two six at Yarra Valley. It was a stand start, but she just won yeah. it like a really nice horse. She gobbled them up in you know yeah. about a hundred meters. It seemed like. Yep, yep, yeah. Well, I was I was up in Darwin then, and I was watching it with a few blokes, and I said I was down the back, and when she got out and just got on that three wide train, I said she'll win from here. I thought she'll win from there, and then. It looked like she did it real easy without sort of running away from them or not. But, yeah, sure, I, I thought she was never going to get beat that race. Was that a Darwin Cup trip, mate? That was. That one. You had three, yeah, you had yeah. th three horses in at Valley that day, three races in a row, and Stace, <laughs> Stace was there, and you were in, in Darwin just having a having a nice trip away. Is that right? Yeah, a couple of lemonades, watching it on the big screen in the middle of the track we were. Oh, bad income, that's fantastic in a way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. For, for you, that is. I might get another text text from Stacey in a minute. I've had one text from yeah. Stacey. I don't know, she she sent through the number one in the shape of a hand. I'm not real sure what that means, mate. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know, I get that all the time. <laughs> she, must be President's Last Lady, must mean number one. She's been the, the, the last lady or something, must be the reference. Not That's sure. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> all right, Mark, I'll let you get back to it, mate. Uh, stay away from Stacey, and particularly oh, while God. she's particularly while she's got COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, Mark. Good all on right. you, mate. Sad. So, so. And, and in all seriousness, best of luck to Stace. So I hope, hope she uh, gets better soon. Yeah, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. <laughs> there, there is Mark Lee. Partners, of course, with Stacey Towers, who we have had a bit of fun with on uh, over the journey on this show. And uh, she's always worth a good laugh, too, uh, at the track as well. I don't mind stirring Stacey up, as most would have just gathered from that interview, at least. And aren't they doing a great job, Mark and Stacey? They break a heap of horses in. All their horses present beautifully at the races. And I just do think that Victor the Inflicted, there's something about him. He's got something about him, just the way he moves or something. I don't think tonight's going to be the night for him. Uh, he's probably unders in the end. If he hasn't got gate speed, he's going to get buried back the fence. But it's just that sort of horse. If you're a punter, just watch him tonight. Stick him in the black book. And just the right race will come over the next month or so. Uh, and I reckon he'll bob up and win one. And then we mightn't see him for a while. He might have that. He might be one of those horses that has that good break. Let's get a breakaway. Speaking of breaks. And uh, we'll come back the other side. From 1 o'clock... I'm, I don't know, I think, I wonder if Tags is back or not. He's been away for the last few weeks. Uh, we'll find out from Johnny Donahoe. You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Life on SEN Track, your home of chasing, pacing, and racing. At one o'clock, it will be a takeover by John Donahoe, who's been here the whole time, working away in the background. Also, uh, Campbell Brown and Sammy Highland down the line uh, from Brother Bain. Uh, so from one, plenty of winners. The boys will be fired up. Campbell Brown, no doubt, will be fired up. Tomorrow's Trot's Life. We will turn our attention to Saturday night at Melton. And a bit of a special night, actually. A few memorial races in the Bill Glover Memorial, uh, the Max Agnew Memorial, and the Rob Gaylard Memorial. Uh, didn't have a lot to do with Max Agnew, but uh, a bit to do with Rob Gaylard and a hell of a lot to do with Billy Glover. A great man, Billy Glover. Absolute wonderful man. A uh, a punter, a professional punter throughout his life. A lover of cricket as well. And one of the greatest clockers of horses uh, ever. You just ask someone like a Craig Knott, a Tara Tom Hogan, uh, one of the great clockers, Billy Glover. He, he just was a jet with that clock and numbers and everything. He's just a great man, and I would imagine, uh, quite fittingly, that first race at Melton, whoever wins that race should be at value because he's a real good value uh, punter and tipster. He tipped on RSN for a long time. You would have known his his deep voice. A lot of people would have known his voice better than uh, than his uh, face or, he, or known him in person. I was very lucky to grow up with Billy. Uh, well, grew up knowing Billy. He was a lot older than me. He'd come to the trials at Cranbourne and Yarra Valley, and I'd I'd see him at those places. 
uh, and he'd always look after you and say hello when he was at the track as well. Happy to do anything for you. Just a superstar fella. So race one uh, on Saturday night at Melton, and it's the VHRMA, Victorian Harness Racing Media Association, have their night on uh, Saturday night, which I've been uh, quite proudly uh, invited along to, which I am quite uh, proud of. So... I'll be there on Saturday night roaming around at Melton. I don't have to judge. I might even get a room and then I might be able to have a couple of uh, bevies, which would be nice. Campbell Brown is in the building. He's about to walk in. The great man. Still got a, a little bit, a minute or so here to go. Friday form panel. I don't even know if Nikita Ross is still going at HRV. She's back. Uh, uh, do you know, John, is this her last week? Do, yeah, this is a... Next Monday will be our last show. There you go. So Friday, form panel. Uh, she can take Jason to task on that music quiz they do, hopefully, and beat him on Friday, beat him on Monday, and then she'll forever hold it over him forever and a day, and she never has to come back on again. She probably will, you know. We'll have her back here and there, no doubt, just to catch up with Nikita as she transitions into a new role, which we're very proud of her doing so, I think. That would be fair to say. Cam Brown is here. He's got some sort of a... What's going on with these shirts? I don't tell you they've got new shirts. I just... I just love the mahogany room. <laughs> I don't know if you'd get into the casino with that. The wood is an extraordinary... The wood is extraordinary. Very good. Campbell's fired up. This is going to be a big afternoon trackside. Best luck. The boys are going to tip some winners. I'll speak to you tomorrow.